Hello and welcome to another edition of Hindsight is Horrifying. Christmas edition! We are back with another Christmas edition and what is the last episode of the season. Yes, it is. It's been a fun one though, hasn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. It's been all right. I was about to say, we didn't get any scary, <laughs> obscure movies, so that that was a nice, refreshing change. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been yeah, relatively yeah. wholesome. <laughs> but we are, of course, uh, we're, we're choosing the last of our Christmas episodes uh, as the last episode of the first season of our show. I know you're sad to hear this, Hindsiders. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. All good things must yes. come to an end, you're, though. You're sad to hear we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you're not done with us yet. Well, our trolls are. <laughs> Today, though, we are doing a Christmas movie to end all Christmas movies, which I feel is appropriate. Absolutely. And it's one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. I dare say it has to be one of everybody's favorite Christmas movies. Absolutely. Top five at the very least. Yeah, I I don't know anyone who hates uh, or even really dislikes National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. Um, So first of all, listeners, let me introduce a guest that you know and love from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. His name is Morgan, and he's back with us in the studio. Say hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Nice. Sorry. (laughs) Well, uh, the synopsis for any of you people who have been living in a fallout shelter and haven't seen Christmas Vacation or didn't grow up with it, the basic synopsis of it is it's about the Griswold family, specifically about Clark Griswold, the yeah, dad. Yeah, that's it. The, <laughs> yeah. it's, they're and, loony. And, it, and it's at Christmas. There, okay, movie. <laughs> and it's a, Well, and the whole point of the story is that Clark has it in his head. Uh, he gets these grand schemes in his head where he wants to make things perfect, and he's trying to make the perfect Griswold family Christmas and do everything very wholesome, you know, yeah. go out and cut down your own tree, and he just really shoots for the moon and kind of lands in the mud. <laughs> so, Well, this was, this was the movie that we all thought was going to be the last Griswold outing. Yes, uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. It was not, as it as as it turns out. Of course, they did come back later and made not National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Yeah, uh, where they swapped out the children, but they again. still they still had our uh, Ellen and Sparky, as she calls yeah, him. So. Yeah, the best looking of all of the uh, Audreys was in Vegas Vacation. I don't remember, but you know, you were a young man when that movie came yeah. out, so that makes more sense. Yeah. But either way, so Dad, why don't you tell the listeners, uh, Jason obviously loves this movie, what what made you pick this movie for Christmas? Well, it, because it's, in my opinion, it's a, it's a Christmas tradition. It is all about that perfect old-fashioned Christmas. And I think anybody that loves Christmas has that idea in their head, and they often think about it, but very few people do what Clark Griswold did and act on it and do everything they can to make that perfect Christmas, despite all the odds, despite everything against him, (laughs) he was going to have a perfect Christmas. Yeah, and can we just pause? One thing about this movie that always, always gets me is the fact that it takes, the the beginning of the movie takes place as the Griswolds are driving through um, the countryside. To the middle of nowhere. To the middle of nowhere, and the Griswolds live in Chicago, or a suburb of Chicago, presumably. I think so, yeah. Um, I don't know where the mountains (laughs) Are supposed I don't to either. Be. You, well, yeah. see, maybe that's part of Clark's characters that he's driven them, you know, eight yeah. hours in whatever direction well, or I, however far he would I, have to drive. I, I got into a discussion uh, with my wife and my son when we watched this recently about because obviously in this scene, the opening scene of the movie, they filmed it in Colorado. 
Um, and it's very obviously Colorado. They're driving down a, a highway uh, surrounded by mountains and snow. It's the yeah, most, it's not as the, it's not even like here in Georgia where it's like, oh, that's Kennesaw Mountain, right. and it's the one mountain we have in right. this area. No, there are mountains everywhere. Yeah, they, they went to the most mountainy place they could. And the discussion was, is that an error or did, like you said, did Clark drive them like eight hours away? I prefer that theory because he's just so enthused mm-hmm. and he's he's got it in his head that he's going to create this perfect Christmas. And in order to do that, you have to cut down your mm-hmm. very own tree. You yes. can't go to a tree lot. And, and apparently they don't have any of those in all of Illinois. <laughs> no, there are no pine trees growing in Illinois. <laughs> That's the rumor. But right. what... It, what Really great, funny great about this stunt driving right here. Oh yeah, where they wind up for those of you who might not know, we're talking about how Clark sort of gets into a a road race with these rude truckers who are tailgating him, and then he starts racing them and winds up underneath a log truck. Yes, which is just about the scariest thing you can imagine happening on the road, minus yeah. those logs falling off, you know, Final Destination style. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, and, and it's a great old piece of just normal stunt driving mm-hmm. you know a guy in a car and a guy in a truck and they yeah. coordinated it and they figured it out and they shot it they and actually made it happen yeah, yeah it's no, not, and nobody died no yeah. they didn't no no computer eminent am, am, animation yes yeah, that's the, that's the yeah. one yeah. Yeah. The, he's our company company is, is company a fellow plays a guitar <laughs> <laughs> and what's truly hilarious about this opening bit is yeah they have drawn they've driven however far they have they get in this road race. They almost die, mm-hmm. and then they crash into a tree lot. But right and, where and, they're supposed to be, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, but, but they're not there to buy a tree. They're still going to wander out into the yeah. wilderness and cut one down. Right. Well, and that's one of the things about all of these movies because you talk about the the Griswolds and why do we love the Griswolds so much? And first of all, I'm convinced that in almost every family in America, there is at least one Clark Griswold. Mm-hmm. I have one. I've got an uncle. Who everyone in the family? If you ask anyone in my family, who's the cro- oh, it's it's him. Well, heck, we've got one yeah. in the studio because listeners, my dad did <laughs> yeah. not disappoint. He dressed up again for this episode, and he went he went full homemade Griswold. Is that what you called it, yeah, Dad? Absolutely. It's the way Clark would do if he only had like two weeks to get ready. Absolutely, <laughs> and didn't want to spend a lot of money. Which you got to wonder because uh, Clark. Uh, oh, and part of the plot of this movie is that Clark uh, to really cap off the perfect Christmas, he's going to use his Christmas bonus which he hasn't received yet to build a pool in the family's backyard. And unfortunately for Clark, he doesn't really, he, you know, basically sends out a check to pay as as soon as the ground thaws, I think he Mm -hmm. says to start construction, but he doesn't have enough money without the Christmas bonus to cover that. Right. So he's sort of spending, he's putting on this front for his family and, Oh, we're going to, we're going to sing carols and have eggnog and do whatever. And meanwhile, he's stressing on his own back burner thinking, Oh, where's my Christmas bonus. So that's kind of the, the major tension in the movie. Well, Clark is, and I want to come back to that because that's one of the reasons I think this movie is, is so well written. Um, But the, the thing about Clark Griswold is that he's sort of like Charlie Brown. You know, the, one of the things I'm convinced that makes Americans Americans is that we're the people who root for Charlie Brown. Okay. You know, we're the, we're the ones who we love this downtrodden. He's going to kick that football someday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. We we want him to win. We just come on, keep trying Charlie mm-hmm. Brown. You can, and that's sort of like Clark Griswold against yeah. against his own nature, he ends up winning in the end. You know, and you mm-hmm. you root for him the whole time, even though he's 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 screwing things up because he just has this vision and dream of doing this really nice thing. You know, this with all these Christmas. variables that are yeah. working against him too. Yeah. So, but and he goes big. He always, he always goes he big. always goes big. Go big yeah. or go home. 
Well, and he even make fun of them for that because the the great part about the beginning is that he's going to cut down his Christmas tree, but he doesn't bring an axe or a saw. <laughs> so <laughs> then you see them bringing home the tree yeah. and they've literally dug it up by the yeah. roots. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, I am convinced that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is aging in reverse. Oh, yeah. She's still, like, she's more beautiful somehow. She, she, I don't know. she looks younger now than she did when she made this movie. I think it has a lot to do with the hair. She had the yeah. big 80s hair going on for a really long time, and now they've smoothed it out or yeah, something. That, I don't know yeah, what it is. No, that's got to be it. Yeah, Todd, Margot. <laughs> Why is the floor all wet, <laughs> yeah. Todd? I don't know, Margot. Margo. <laughs> See, this is typical hippies. You know, they go into a nice neighborhood. They bought the Murtaugh house from Lethal Weapon. Yes, oh, oh, yeah. that was in my research. <laughs> you beat me to it. Shoot. <laughs> That's gentrification right there. Riggs is somewhere around the corner with his collie dog, you know, <laughs> and Georgie's riding down the storm drain. I do want to mention uh, what what you were saying earlier about the the pool and him putting down the deposit and why I think this movie is so well written. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that is, and, and they do these today, you know, you've got movies that it's just characters doing silly things from beginning to end and that's the movie. Mm-hmm. The difference is back then you had this plot that was we established in the beginning that there's this uh pool that he wants to put in right he's going to pay for it with his christmas bonus then somewhere around the middle we're reminded of that and we're told it's kind of a through line yeah Mm. and then that sets up the whole ending that brings everything home and in between all of those you've got all all of the the wacky hijinks well in part of the wholesomeness i think is people genuinely loving chevy chase because one of the things i found in my research is that they didn't do um any rehearsals for this movie and it's because chevy chase had such a tendency to ad lib that it made prepping for a scene pointless because it was going to be different every time right and so that's really that's not just clark griswold that's chevy chase as oh, Clark yeah. Griswold, yeah. and they do almost that, you were kind of alluding to that, Jason, almost the Caddyshack method of the through line of the the check coming through, and is it going to yeah. happen? But meanwhile, you get to watch these adorable hijinks of this right. ridiculous guy, but it's it, he never goes like full Jim Carrey or full Robin right. Williams. He's like a more mellow version of those kind of actors, well, and I think that's why it, more people really gravitate toward these kinds of films. And it's funny you mentioned Caddyshack because the through line in both of them is Brian Doyle Murray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who I didn't recognize when I watched Christmas Vacation yeah. as a kid, but then I was like, oh my God, it's Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> what are the odds? Caddyshack yeah. reunion. Yeah, it kind of feels like individual scenes from Saturday Night Live. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, you never know exactly what's going to happen. And I'm sure that's the way it was on the set that, you know, who knew what I don't even think Clark Griswold knew what was going to happen when he started the scene and just kind of went with it. Which, which makes it really impressive that they were able to edit it together into such a cohesive... Because yeah. it is. It's a very cohesive, you know... Yeah, there are no gaping plot holes. No, there's, but, no, there's no plot holes. But speaking of Saturday Night Live, we already mentioned uh, three of the veterans of SNL that were in this movie. Uh, the fourth that we're missing is Randy Quaid. So it was like a Saturday oh, Night Live reunion, yeah. too. Ra- between, Randy Quaid. Yeah, between Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brian Doyle, Murray, and Chevy Chase. All of them did their time on Saturday Night Live. So much so much to say about Randy Quaid. Yeah. My yeah. God. He yeah. steals the show. In a, in, in, that's, yeah. that's difficult to do when Chevy mm-hmm. Chase is your leading man to, yeah. for, to be the maybe most memorable, ah, most memorable character. Yeah, and then he went completely insane. What do you mean? Randy Quaid? Um, oh yeah, Randy Quaid. I don't uh, really. Know. I never really followed him that. Oh, he, Randy that much. Quaid. Randy Quaid has many, many legal problems. 
mini mini oh, oh okay yeah yeah yeah. I, I thought you meant like got like was doing crazy projects or something i didn't no, know what direction no, you were going in no, with that one so no, i don't think he's done a project in a very long while unless Versus, you count the video that he posted where he was acting like he was having sex with someone and it was weird it's on youtube oh super i won't yeah. be looking that up and i probably won't be sh- putting it in the show notes either uh hindsider so don't worry about that oh and here we have uh chandler bing's boss from friends who works alongside Chevy Is Chase it? at the firm. Yeah. Oh. Bing! The one who slaps him on the butt all the time and Chandler doesn't like it. Yeah, he's a recurring character on Friends. But this is where you see Brian Doyle Murray, this big, important boss man. Yeah, with a great mustache. Oh, yeah. Great mustache, but he's only like four feet tall, so is he really that intimidating? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's Bill Murray's brother. I don't find either of you them know. intimidating. Well, true. They're just funny. Yeah, they are funny. I think Brian Dolmer. I, I I think he could he could come off as intimidating because I I mean I've worked for somebody like that before. You know, it's like sometimes, we've all had sometimes called a short guy syndrome, mm-hmm. <laughs> Napoleon yeah. syndrome. Yeah. We've all we've all worked for that asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, in you know, with uh, with Chevy Chase though, I do wonder because he is by reputation a fairly difficult person to work with i think that really happened in his older age though i i don't i don't know that i've always heard stories about him being too much of a diva but he did have a meltdown on someone well a couple uh, of years ago that was that was on uh community, community. yeah <laughs> that was, he left uh he left like this long voicemail i think it was on dan Harmon's yeah, voicemail billy eichner on billy on the street he did a game with rashida jones where he was reading different celebrity meltdowns like the mm. one christian bale had on terminator and uh he read chevy chases too and it was it was long, drawn mm-hmm. out, and curse word written. It yeah. was intense. Yeah, I love, I love the the fact that Clark Griswold is always flirting with with someone. You know, he's not going to do anything about it. Someone, I thought it was just the department store girl. No, because in the you know we've got um, uh, Christy Brinkley in. Well, she's in all of them. Okay. She, she, you know, in the first movie, in National Lampoon's Vacation, mm-hmm. um, she and he go swimming, you know. It was a car scene. Yeah, the car that. scene. Yeah. And then they went swimming. Yeah. And then she shows up in European Vacation, but I'll be honest, I hate European Vacation. Uh, that's the least memorable. It's kind of like it's, of the Ernest movies. That, yeah. That's the least memorable <laughs> one for me. Yeah. I'm not really. It's got the most irritating Audrey. She is so annoying in that movie. Yeah. And the joke's just... Uh, uh, Neither one of the kids in that movie are yeah. very likable. No. You know, both no. of them in, in this, in their own way, are likable, but neither one in the European vacation were likable. No, yeah, yeah not well, at all. Yeah. And speaking of the kids, these were the third set of kids to play the Griswold children, right. and they're actually very famous people. Like, uh, you've got Juliette Lewis from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and then you've got... Um, who played Rusty? Oh, you know who it is. No, I do. From uh, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, exactly. Leonard from the Big Bang Theory. I'm looking up his real name. I'll find it in a moment. But yeah, they both they both went on to have pretty good careers. Yeah, yeah. I I also can't believe I just said the words the Johnny Big, Galecki. That's that's his name. it, Johnny Galecki. Um, I can't believe I said the words the Big Bang Theory without immediately breaking off into a uh, um, a half drunk curse. Laden a Chevy Chase li- yeah. <laughs> written tirade about the, the bare naked ladies. For those of you who don't know, I hate the Big Bang Theory. And the bare naked ladies because you're a heathen. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I hate them both. I yeah. hate them both. I hate the Big Bang Theory much more than the Bare Naked Ladies. Though. <laughs> See, you're you're in the room with two people who like the Big Bang Theory, so yeah. you're you're on the losing and the team today. Ladies. Yeah, that, we love that, them too. Yeah. Well, I can say, um, according to my research, you're both wrong. So. Oh. Okay. Um, Good to know. <laughs> so, moving on to when Rusty finds his dad flirting, it's obviously hitting on the department store girl, yeah. and it's like, oh, there goes dad again. <laughs> you know. When he doesn't, he barely looks the same. It took me i think i was just watching this on, you can't see the line can you russ <laughs> you sure can't dad he knows <laughs> <laughs> that scooby-doo yeah. sort of yeah. oh my kids right there but then um we start to get the whole family oh you got your you gotta have your it's a wonderful life reference least, obviously yeah. if your studio has the rights to it then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true they showed a little footage and you get this really ominous um descending tone of the doorbell and mm-hmm. it just gets lower and lower because the well, in-laws have arrived. Yeah. yeah, and the the thing is they've invited the family to stay with them for like a month. It's I, not just a couple days. I mean, they're there for a long time. Yeah, the timeline did confuse me that way because you do see him opening the advent calendar yeah. doors and they yeah, they're there for a while. Yeah, it's, it's a long time that these guys are there. Yeah, when Eddie and Catherine show up and they're like, oh, it's, uh, it'll be tough to leave when we ride out of here the next month and Clark <laughs> spits out his eggnog. You're like, well, wait a minute. So everybody else is staying just as long. Like, it, I don't know, but that that's a long time to have visitors of any sort. Yeah, but everybody's... Everybody else's shitter's not full. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they don't have a dog named Snots. No, who, who, who's got Mississippi leg hound in him. Best just to let him finish. Oh, God. The fam- the whole family, though, the the cast of the, uh, of the Griswold and the, I don't know, Beverly D'Angelo's... Uh, um, yeah, I don't remember she's what just her Ellen. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what either. Ellen's maiden name is. But. I'm looking at it, and it's like, uh, you've got... Cousin Eddie Johnson, so I guess she, maybe yeah, Johnson, because uh, Eddie and yeah, Catherine are both Johnson. That's their last name, but that doesn't mean that. Yeah, Ellen's but I thought last Catherine name. was Catherine's the cousin Eddie married right. in. Yeah, Eddie married into yeah, the family. So, he's, so the, he's the cousin-in-law. Catherine's yeah, the actual yeah. relative. So I, I I don't know. We're I think we're spending too much time on that. Yeah, but yeah, you've got um, you got Betty Boop. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah, who lot. recently? Not recently. Uh, not who recently. am I thinking recently? Yeah, no, not Some, recently. One of the cast recently passed away. I, I can't remember exactly who. But I don't know. George, Bur- George Burns was supposed to be in it. Really? Yeah. And it's pretty obvious which character he was supposed yes. to be. I mean. Yeah. Um, for the uh, listeners who aren't aware of this, who was he supposed to be? Uh, he was... Um, Uncle Lewis. Uncle Lewis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I figured that's yeah. where you were going yeah. with that. Couldn't think of his name. Yep. Um, but yeah, but you have uh, Betty Boop. You've got... Um, uh, I can't, you've got the, the mother here. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you the cast list, but you have the mother from everybody loves Raymond. You've got, yeah. Who else? Uh, John Randolph, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Diane Ladd, mm-hmm. you know, uh, arguably the great Diane Ladd, uh, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts. Uh, I mean, it just, and well, William Hick, uh, Hickey and an unexpected player that most people don't know is linked to the princess bride because oh. Julia, Louis, Julia Louis Dreyfus's husband or, uh, uh, boyfriend in the movie, he's played by Nicholas Guest, brother of Christopher. Oh, Guest that I did. That's from Christopher Guest's brother. Yes, I never knew that. Uh-huh. Huh. So you got a, you've got a lot of uh, pretty big hitters in this movie, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Well, I think by this time it was it was they had had two outings. They were su- both very successful. Um, you know, they were going to throw some money at it. Yeah. And and 
you know, they were going to take their time with it. And they really, it's, it's a great adaptation of, uh, what was it? The Christmas of 57. Was that the name of it? Yes, I do have that. 59. 59. Um, well, that's what they pull out in the, uh, movie actually when, uh, Clark gets the films out to reveal it's titled Christmas 59, but John Hughes wrote, uh, it was based on a story called like Vacation 58 Vaca- or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, just real quick, if I am right and they are right now on TV watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade, that means that the family is going to be there from Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to, Christmas. to Christmas. Solid month, yeah. Which is a little bit of a storyline blip because you've already done the Advent calendar started. Advent calendar starts. Oh, yeah, that's true. December the 1st, and then they're showing the, th- the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, so... Well, that uh, is weird. It is just a little. I wonder if it's not the Macy's thing. Maybe it's like another parade that they have in Maybe it's the Chicago parade that Ferris or... Bueller crashed. Who yeah, knows? maybe it's yeah, the German Heritage Parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, no, but you guys were right. Hughes' story was Christmas of 59. It was a follow-up to his original story, which was Vacation 58. So you're right. Yeah. I got that goofed up. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've, I think I ask my dad this every year when I watch Clark put those lights on his house. I was like, Dad, do you really staple that many damn lights to your roof? I guess if you're putting up 12,000. 40,000 twinkle lights, however many it is. It is. Yeah. They're not twinkling, but, Clark. Thank you for pointing that out, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is amazing to think how much easier this would be nowadays with LEDs. Yeah. Well, you know, this is one of my favorite scenes here with the ladder because, you know, Clark working by himself... I've, and I do that a lot. I mm-hmm. find myself quite often mm-hmm. in situations where, you know, it could go one way or the other. And thank goodness, <laughs> up to now, it's always going the right way. And you just kind of go with it. So, And you always sort of think, well, that was dumb. I'm never doing yeah. anything <laughs> like that ever again. In the yeah. very next year, yeah. it's like you have amnesia. Until the next uh, time. That's right. You up know, on the roof again. You know, and you can't ever let your wife know who told you on the way out the door, you should have somebody with you. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm young. I'm agile. <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo. Love Beverly D'Angelo. She's great. She is great. And it's weird that she's not in a lot more stuff, you know, because I, I've, I've seen her in a few other movies, but the only thing that I can say off the top of my head that, that, that I can name is, uh, is the vacation series. I'd actually have to look that mm-hmm. up. So let me page Dr. Google and see what I can find. Yeah, but, but you know, she, she's great. She's beautiful. She's talented. I mean. Well, and she she's kind of the quintessential wife, like in Will Ferrell movies. He always has an inexplicably beautiful girlfriend or wife. And you're like, how on earth did that happen? Uh, I, she's, think, I, think I think the Clark, Griswolds make a nice couple. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Clark yeah. is considerably better looking than like a Will Ferrell type. But at the same time, I think yeah. Beverly D'Angelo is a Chevy tad out of his league. <laughs> Woody now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm willing to. I'm willing to to bet that. Um, but the you know, getting back to sort of the, the why we pick this movie thing again, and it's it. it oh man, sorry, Jason, what, did I interrupt you? She was in American History X. Beverly D'Angelo. That's, right. That's right. No, she was. <laughs> wow. I, no, I remember that. I remember that. She was the mom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I can't recall, but that's yeah. another movie that she was in, at least. Yeah. But so back to why we picked the not film. a Christmas movie. American History X. Very, very not. No, that's why I was surprised to read it. Very well. Well, I mean, she was in, you know, she's, you know, been in horror movies. She's been in, she's, you know, she's not like a comedic actress, Mm -mm. 
you know, it just so happens. She's a very good straight man yeah. for Chevy Chase to play off of, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, oh, this part right here cracks me up because when I was a kid, I always thought that Todd and Margot were such pain-in-the-ass neighbors, but now that I'm an adult, I'm like, God, I would have murdered Clark Griswold oh, yeah. for all this <laughs> stuff that he did to my house. It's. I mean, can you imagine living next to him? Absolutely not, especially with the lights being, like, because he turned, he pretty much shuts down the city mm-hmm. generators, turning oh, on yeah. all of his Christmas yeah. lights. And the one time... Uh, uh, Ellen does sort of give him an I told you so is when he's hiding from the family as they're all making noise and being ridiculous in his house. And she's like, you know, Sparky, do I have to remind you? He's like, yeah, yeah. No, that it was my idea. Oh, yeah, I'm aware. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like on the verge of flipping out. Well, because that's the thing about about Ellen. You know, Ellen is the other half of the Griswold couple, mm-hmm. and she's a very important other half. Oh, yeah. Clark couldn't exist without her. No, he would, he would destroy himself. He'd right. float up into and the sky. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> she keeps him grounded, sometimes literally, because he does fall off of a lot of really high places. Yeah. Well, she takes she takes his shit up to the point when now, in order to be healthy, I have to rein you back in, and then she yeah. stops taking it. Well, because she's trying to be a good mom, too, where yeah. she doesn't want to teach her kids to antagonize their dad because they're already kind of snarky with him. Because even when uh, Rusty, they're all outside and the lights aren't working and uh, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is like, well, Russ, I guess we need to check all the lights. Oh, shoot. Look at that. It's past my bedtime and I've got this <laughs> yeah. paper due and i got to slap the hogs and feed the dogs and do all this. And no. <laughs> well, it's great, too, because Rusty does that thing where he, he looks at his wrist like he's looking at a wand. And he doesn't and, even have and, one. And, on and that, that's a Chevy Chase bit from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Really? Yeah, that's that's a straight up Chevy Chase. Thing. I had yeah. no idea. You know, um, which makes me wonder if it was in the script or if they just ad lib that. You gotta wonder, but it just uh, and the absolute abuse of these reindeer. He's got this little plastic Santa yeah. and light up reindeer and just beats the holy hell out of them when he can't get the lights to work on the house. Well, you know what happened when he was beating up the uh, the reindeer, right? No. Yeah, he he. Uh, if you watch, uh, he he broke a finger. When he was hitting, because mm. you, if you watch the scene, he starts hitting it and then he just starts kicking and yeah. he doesn't use his hand anymore because he broke a finger. Oh, I, think I, it's whenever he, I think it's whenever he hits the Santa Claus. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And so, the Santa Claus is a pretty quintessential part of the equation, too, mm-hmm. once we get to the ending of the movie, yeah. but we can save that for later. But well, the reindeer, though, are amazing because no matter how often they're broke. They suddenly get next fixed. scene, they're fixed, you know, because right in the right early on. Russ drops them. He does, and, and breaks their legs, their legs fall on them. Off. And then when you see them again, they're either new reindeer or repaired reindeer. So, well, with all this Christmas supplies he's got, maybe he's got like forty True. little reindeer in his garage. Who knows? And just a minute ago on the movie showed Chris uh, Griswold. I mean Clark Griswold holding onto the gutter. Mm-hmm. You, I, I was looking through stuff, and last year somebody put up a Clark Griswold dummy under a gutter. <laughs> and the, that's 911 got called oh, thinking God. somebody was re- they sent a big rescue truck and, all, and oh it was a, just a take on the yeah. so I guess you know the as a movie you made it big when somebody decorates their house that way with you well and as a normal person because now my neighbors in my neighborhood they have a spider-man on their house inexplicably for Christmas and I've seen the one <laughs> where weird. I've seen one where the Grinch is on the roof but you there's you know across, across the street from the studio there's a Santa Claus hanging uh, right when you literally when you pull out, if you look straight across <sighs> one of the apartments, yeah, yeah, there's a Santa Claus hanging out there. Yeah, <laughs> but see, like, no, but that's the difference is that with Clark Griswold, I can see somebody being alarmed because he's dressed like a normal mm, human yeah, being, whereas yeah. with the Grinch, you're like, oh, it's the Grinch or yeah. Santa Claus or whatever. Yeah, but that's funny that somebody actually decorated their house with a Clark Griswold. You know, and it's funny though talking about the reindeer. It's completely within Car- Clark's character 
even with the whole thing with the deposit and the Christmas bonus, mm-hmm. for him to go to the store with his credit card and buy new um, reindeer every single time. He, well, because that's what he does with the Christmas tree when it gets destroyed by Uncle Lewis later. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's just this chain of events that slowly just degrade his Christmas where Snots the dog is drinking the water out of the base of the tree. Mm-hmm. So it dries up enough for Uncle Lewis to light up a stogie and literally set the entire tree on fire. Mm-hmm. And not even on fire. It literally just goes up in one big whoosh of flame yeah. and that's it. Yeah. doesn't set the house on fire or anything. It just turns well, to yeah, ash. Yeah. It, it, it's an acme tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. an acme cat. Mm-hmm. An acme cut. squirrel. Gun. <laughs> just like the, the shenanigans in this house. Yeah. Why didn't they all go to a hotel? That's yeah, all I can think of. After a certain amount of incidents, I think they would have, unless they felt like they were being rude, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. yeah but if you had, again, you got to think about that perfect old-fashioned Christmas where mm-hmm. everybody's there and everybody's singing Silent Night at the same time. Yeah. And they're just all, not the way it works out. Yeah. And also, too, and it always strikes me just how incredibly beautiful the Griswold house is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they live in, like, the prettiest house in the world. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and it's... I'm trying to remember if the Home Alone house is near here because it is, isn't it? Um, that one's actually in Rhode Island. In oh, that life. one is. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It is a big deal. Uh, that people actually still go see it. It's like a big uh, monument that people still drive by and visit and stuff. But uh, that one's in Rhode Island, if memory serves. See, and, and one great thing about a movie like this is that you're laughing the whole time, but then there's this one scene where Clark has gone up into the attic. Yep. And you know, it's funny he gets trapped in the attic. But he starts watching the home movies of Christmas from when he was a kid. And I swear to God, every time I see this scene, it gets me. It, you fog up a little bit. Me too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. It, it's every like. Time. Get a little misty. It, and it, it's so poignant because that's the whole thing. And, and it's a brilliant from a screenwriting perspective because it, it informs Clark's motivations so much. And oh, yeah. You, you really see you, the spark yeah. of inspiration for the whole wholesome family Christmas. Plus, you have Ray Charles singing in the background, yeah. too. Oh, That's yeah. really, yeah. the music really adds a lot. But I have to ask not to take from the seriousness of that. Uh, I always It always confused me. I think I asked you this when I was a little kid, Dad, when uh, he falls through the ceiling into Rusty's room. Why doesn't he just climb down through the hole after he's already broken through the ceiling? Well, it was just a small hole. He didn't want to make a big hole. Yeah, I guess you don't want to make it worse than it already is, but the attic, does he? has he just not got a finished attic? Because he's like walking on these two-by-fours that he's placed all throughout the attic. Is that well, what the... Back in the, back in this day, in the when this was 89, attics weren't finished. That's no. exactly the way most attics were. Yeah. Just had to... You had to the, the point where they just don't even have a with, floor? Yeah, you had the two-by-sixes, you had the sheetrock from the ceiling, insulation, and you just walked across. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, rem- I remember in my parents' attic, it was a big deal when they finally went out there and they just laid some sheets of particle, mm-hmm. you know, board yeah. over. Because then it's like, oh, look at all the storage we have. Like, yeah. We should have done this a long yeah. time ago. And that's the way it was in the house you grew up in, Jade. Oh, that's I did way. not know I that. I put down some particle board, but when we first got there, that's what it looked like. Oh, that's why I was not allowed in the that's attic. Blue- that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I never, I just thought, oh, the attic's scary anyway. I don't want to be up there. That's fine by me. I'm not going. Well, you know, an attic used to have that good old insulation that was just... The nice asbestos. Just, just that, that awful insulation. <laughs> we still have to attack the asbestos for Darren McGavin and Steve McQueen for yeah. taking them from us. Yeah. 
But yeah, so Clark gets abandoned, and it's funny how like mean his in-laws are. Oh, they hate him. Yeah, it's it's really clear because Ellen's like, well, I don't know where Clark got to. I know he wants to go shopping and have lunch with everybody. Just hang on and let me find him. He's like, no, he's got a car. He could drive. Leave him here. It's just so mean. You just have to think how many years she has spent defending. Putting up with his antics. Well, no, defending Clark to them. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, imagine what their wedding was like. Imagine what everything that ever happened. I'm picturing a powder blue tuxedo. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. To start with. But yeah, I can imagine him trying to get some grand gestures because that's a line that we kind of glossed past when it was the day they went to go get their Christmas tree. And Clark's like, oh, honey, when have I ever blown anything out of proportion? And she's like, I don't know. Weddings, (laughs) anniversaries, birthdays. Bar mitzvahs, <laughs> like, and she's just sitting. And meanwhile, he's got the sap in his hands from the tree, and he can't get the paper from the magazine off of his hands. Like, but yeah, you can, you really get that weary wife tone from Ellen for sure. Long suffering, I think, is the long word. suffering. Yeah. There you go. That's yes, that's perfect. But ultimately, though, this is a movie that is about, you know, it's it's about this guy trying to recreate the past in a way. Well, and there's a little disillusionment to it uh, mm-hmm. later, too, because uh, after everything utterly melts down and Clark doesn't get his bonus and uh, Eddie unwittingly saves the day mm-hmm. uh, in disastrous form, but he does it. Uh, C- Clark's dad is like, you know, son, it's, it's OK that you messed up Christmas. Nobody's really worried about that. But you flipping out on the family, he's like, that's what's really ruining it. Yeah. So just calm down. He goes, Dad, I'd. I don't know. Our holidays were always such a mess. How'd you get through it? He's like, oh, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. so Clark's like, oh, so my dad had to drink just to get through the holidays. That's, that's, that's kind of a sad thing well, to think about. You know, and it, it was weird for me, like, cause as a kid, Christmas was always a really big thing. I come from a, a, uh, a big family, man. I had a, just so many cousins and uh, you know, on my mom's side, you know, all these aunts and uncles and everything. And so Christmas was always this big thing, but it was always at my grandmother's house. Okay. And my grandmother was was pretty sick. And so basically people kind of shared the work. We went over there. You know, you had people cooking and cleaning and all that stuff. And then everyone left. Right. And it wasn't until I got older and I started doing Christmas with my wife's family, where it's all at their house, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden I realized, oh, I... I see why Christmas was very stressful because oh, yeah. you can't go anywhere. You can't leave. <laughs> yeah. There's no break mm-hmm. in activity really. Like there, right. there's one big thing. You're opening presents. You might be cooking one meal, maybe two, but mm-hmm. then other than that, you're in a relatively confined space with a ton of people. Yep. And depending on how many people you have in your family. And you know, it's, it's, it's like they say, I mean, the worst thing in the world is, is going to the bathroom in your own house and finding that there's someone else in it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, for me personally, that's intolerable. <laughs> well, I think everybody can relate to that. Like whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, whatever you have your family over for. I wonder how many people still do the big family Christmases though. I mean, I know it's probably not that many. I don't know. We kind of follow the youngest babies in our family. Like yeah. whoever has the youngest children, everybody's going to go to their, well, not everybody, makes, but the majority of the group is going to go to that, that house to watch the, the youngest baby open their presents because yeah. it's the most exciting for them. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the person with the youngest baby, it's hardest for them to travel most right. likely. So yeah. that's, I think everybody's got their own different traditions with how they operate. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, I've been saying for years that I'm going to do a Christmas where I pack the family up and we just go somewhere. Over well, didn't Christmas. y'all just do that for Thanksgiving? We did it for Thanksgiving. Yeah. We went to DC for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, which was great. 
I mean, it was like, yes, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to go on a vacation. And we've never done that ever. And it was a lot of fun. Was your family upset about that, about that at all? No. Um, you know, uh, being from the South and Thanksgiving was always weird for me because in Louisiana, at least deer hunting season begins like on Thanksgiving. Okay. So Thanksgiving for me was always hurry through lunch really, really quickly because dad's hitting the road. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And, you know, my older brother was hitting the road too. And that's sort of how it is. I mean, like my dad is, he's off at the camp. You know, it's it's time to go. It's Thanksgiving. Let's go deer hunting. It couldn't be more different at our house because dad has actually, I think we were talking about this. You've cooked Thanksgiving dinner for the past, what, 20 years? Uh, 23 Getting is what we're thinking now. 23 is what yeah. it's closer to because that, that started when my grandmother passed away. And my mom's not... The biggest fan of cooking. So my dad determined that he was going to cook and make a really, he well, kind of Clark Griswolded it. Yeah. And he was like, I want everybody to get together at the house and not go out to a restaurant. We're going to have a big family Thanksgiving. Well, the whole story is, is after my, our, my wife's mom died, who was to cook, we ended up in Gatlinburg the first Thanksgiving. Oh, and that's right. And we ended up going to a steakhouse and it was the only steakhouse that was open in Gatlinburg. So okay. we were two and a half hours there. The next Thanksgiving, we were in O'Charlie's. Oh, oh my God. And, I, and then that's when, and I'm not a cook by trade either. And so I kind of had a Gr Clark Gis Griswold moment. Mm -hmm. I said, from now on, we're going to have Thanksgiving at my house and we're going to do it the old fashioned way. And I had to learn how to cook dressing. I had to learn how to cook turkey. I had to learn how to cook everything, but now I'm pretty good at it. No, you've yeah. got, he's like a, a general in the kitchen. He's got like a schedule, you guys. Like, like Bob. Yeah, yeah, no, like he's <laughs> yeah. really good at Thanksgiving and it not we don't really nobody really we, has to contribute. Some people do, but he's got it all covered. You know, it's that, crazy. That's a huge difference between whenever I was a kid and now, which is when I was a kid on Thanksgiving and Christmas, every place is closed. You know, there's mm -hmm. no restaurants open. Nowadays, Thanksgiving, there are most restaurants are open on Thanksgiving. Oh god, yeah. Christmas, most restaurants. In fact, we've the past few Christmases, uh, we've just, we've gone out for Christmas dinner. Huh. You know? See, like I was a little depressed to find the restaurant I worked at in college was open for Thanksgiving this year and it's a Caribbean themed restaurant. <laughs> so it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, everybody just does what they're going to do. And if mm -hmm. it makes you happy, that's great. But yeah, when we wound up at O'Charlie's, I think that was, that was, a, yeah. that was the changing point. Well, so. well, you have to understand for certain people whose families are Sicilian, um, now see, yeah, Italian food, <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 whole Thanksgiving thing is a massive amount of stress mm -hmm. uh, because it's not just that there's a schedule; it's you will follow the schedule. You will be here prepared to eat at this time, or you will suffer unbelievable guilt. <laughs> Um, and going to a restaurant is just so much easier because it's just, let's just go to the restaurant, have them make it, and then uh, nobody can complain. There's no cleanup. We all go home. Well, and when you talk about Christmas meals and stuff, getting back to the movie, uh, despite the fact that this movie is called Christmas Vacation, you know they never actually get to Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Right. It stopped at Christmas Eve, right? Yep. Yeah. After yeah. the tree and everything, the cat explodes. <laughs> all that crazy stuff happens, yeah. but... Uh, this is kind of the beginning of it. Clark Clark keeps getting these little sparks of, oh, yeah, this is why this I'm is doing it. this. This is mm -hmm. the, that wholesome mm -hmm. feeling I was searching for. Because he spent all day 
looking at all the twinkle lights, trying to investigate which ones, like putting the switch out. And is that an outdated thing too? Like it used to be if one little twinkle light was out, the whole strand was out, but they don't make them like that anymore, do they? I don't think they make them like that. Like if one goes out, that's not going to ruin the whole bunch. Not anymore. Not with the bringing on of LED lights. It's not that way anymore. Gotcha. But Ellen's the one who ultimately figures out the light switch in the garage or whatever Mm -hmm. spare room they have is what, Mm -hmm. that's the... The missing key to the whole equation with the lights. But he spent the entire day out in the freezing cold examining 40,000 twinkle lights. And he's just getting so frustrated. And then he's kicking the deer and Santa. But then once the lights come on, he, he just lights up himself yeah, like a little boy. And he's yeah. like, oh, that, that's my Christmas image. There it is. Yeah. And what a great way to uh, introduce Cousin Eddie. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Which just- one of the best lines I'm going to argue in the movie when Eddie shows up. Are you surprised, Clark? Oh, my God, Eddie, am I surprised? If I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I don't think I'd be more surprised than I am right now. Well, it's great, too, because especially the first time you see it, you know, he's going down the line and it's it's Chevy Chase and he's doing he starts off just normal. And then it, he puts a little Chevy Chase magic into it. And it's a little bit when well, he because talks it gets to more cynical. Relative. He's yeah, talking he to his own yeah, parents. Yeah. and they're, they're supportive. They're oh, good job, son. That's great. Yeah. And then the in-laws are like. You know, they're not twinkling, right? They're supposed to yeah. be twinkle lights. <laughs> yeah. Thanks then, for noticing that. <laughs> and then there's Eddie. And it's just there. And it, it's a great introduction. It's it's a really well-written movie. You know? And Eddie's, Randy Quaid just absolutely nails the role of Eddie. I, I personally can't stand Eddie. I kind of hate his character. He, annoy, oh, Eddie. he annoys oh, the hell out of me. Well, that's uh, why they gave Eddie the sequel. Did you know there's a sequel to this movie? I've heard, but I didn't look too hard into it because uh, when I start hearing about more sequels with different characters, yeah. it depresses me. Yeah, no, Chris, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Well, there was a sequel with Larry the Cable Guy 2, apparently. In this article I'm looking at, it says none of the original cast members nor characters returned on the straight-to-DVD jingle all the way. Oh, that's no, that's jingle, jingle all the yeah, way. I was about Sorry. to say, yeah. That, that, my, uh, my paper's stuck together. Sorry, hindsighters. I've, I apologize. Yep, I goofed. Oh, Dad's not familiar with the sound effects board yeah. yet. <laughs> this is for- but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, it was stuck to my yeah. research, and now I've made a fool of myself. Uh-huh, Darn it. Uh-huh, yeah. But, okay, so yeah, no, and, Randy and, Quaid was the one in the sequel. Yeah, and Harold one. Ramis, when he was directing the big scene at the end with the ghost and Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Shut <laughs> up, Jason. <Yeah. laughs> oh, but yeah, here you go with Snots the Dog. And there's something wrong with every single one of any... Like, it, Catherine seems relatively normal, Eddie's wife. But all of his kids and the dog, like the dog has a really bad sinus infection. One of his kids is an alcoholic. Uh, he says yeah. he's got her in the, the clinic for the wild turkey. Do you know who played that kid in the first movie? No. Uh, Jane Krakowski. Okay. Um, what's what recently? Um, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. Kimmy's boss. Oh my God. Seriously? Yeah. Jane Krakowski played the Contutor, little girl. that lady? Yes, that one, oh yeah. my God, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, she played the little girl in uh, the first vacation movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was not aware of that. That's yeah. that's a stretch. But then uh, the other kids all have something wrong with them too. Like one of them's a carny. Uh, he's got small hands. Uh, <laughs> one of them has a fungus on his mouth and the other one was cross-eyed. Yeah. Because she fell down a well and then she got kicked, kicked by a mule, by a mule. Yeah. so her eyes aren't crossed anymore. Yeah. Poor little girl. It's so sad. The whole thing with Cousin Eddie and, you know, his kids not, you know, oh, Santa Claus isn't going to find us this year, mm-hmm. you know. And and you, and your house is always in one place. Yeah. Like, it's so pitiful. Well, and again, you see that 
Clark Griswold. The one thing he's worried about is mm-hmm. money, but, you know, now we're going to go to the store and buy some Christmas presents. Yeah. And, of course, Eddie completely takes advantage of the situation. While packing pounds and pounds of Alpo. <laughs> yeah. It's like more yeah. food than a dog mm-hmm. can eat in a year. Yeah, yeah. Which prompts, I think, one of my dad's favorite lines in the entire movie where uh, Clark decides that he and Ellen are going to help their kids. And what, is he, what does Eddie say to him, Dad? Yeah, just pick yourself something. Pick you up. Pick yourself up something nice, Clark. Yeah. From me. Yeah. <laughs> and in Eddie's uh, own way. I love I love the dickie that Eddie's wearing. Oh yeah. He's the, he is yeah. so like seventies guy. Like it's it that sort of powder blue that he's wearing at first yeah. is oh, it's terrible. Leisure suit. Yeah. Oh, I was just more commenting on the color. I don't, but yeah, it's a total leisure suit. And now the dog is drinking all the water out of the tree. And of course, you notice what they're drinking the eggnog out of. Oh, the little moose. Uh, the Wally Wall- No, Wally World. Oh, is that what that the is? First, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, oh, I had no idea. I thought they were little mooses. No, they are mooses. Oh, they're, okay. They're, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're souvenirs from their trip to Wally World in the first I movie. I did not yeah. notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a deep cut. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, you know, there's continuity. I had no idea. Until the next movie where they just, well, you know, sort of. Yeah. So things just proceed to get worse and worse for Clark. And because as soon as he has a happy moment, all the lights work out for him and he he lights up too. And then, oh, damn it, Eddie's here. So something always comes along to rain on his parade somehow. Well, Clark's whole character is, you know, facing obstacles, absurd obstacles, and then coming up with an absurd way of getting past the obstacle. Yeah. Clark's always, he's about peaks and valleys. He's either one or the other, you know. He's either in. Yeah, he can't be neutral, no, uh-huh. right? Yeah, I mean, because you you really can't imagine Clark Griswold just on a normal Tuesday going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, you can't really even see how that could exist. Well, and, you and you do see some of that in this movie where he goes, and it's clearly crushing his spirit. Well, he's good at his job, though. I mean, he he's, he's had the same job. I'm mean, like in all four movies, he's had the exact same job. Yeah, because he even and, says toward the end of this one, he's been with the company 17 years, something yeah. like that. He's been with them a long time. And the thing is, given what he does for a living, he's actually a fairly smart guy because he pretty much works with chemistry. You know, he comes up with food preservatives, and mm-hmm. like, this is like the whole thing in the last in the in the Vegas oh, it's something vacation. about the f- the cornflakes where they don't get soggy in yeah, milk or yeah, something. Yeah, they don't get soggy yeah. in milk. Yeah, it's a coating that you can put on cornflakes. And yeah. then, like in the next one, they you know they uh, the reason they go to Vegas is because he gets uh, the payout from his his patent for his food preservative. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, yeah, because they ask him to provide it for some show or trade show that they're taking it to, yeah. and then. Uh, later, he uh, is looking at Brian Dolmer. He says, oh, I hope my report was really helpful at the trade show. Oh, yeah, Greaseball, sure. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Whatever. And he just yeah. writes him off. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not hes not an idiot. He's a smart guy. He makes good money. He's in, he's in a very nice house. He's just a little naive and a little silly. It's just silly. When, he, when he's allowed to be himself, it goes off in just the weirdest directions. Yeah, he's got to have some reins. Yeah. Like Santa's reindeer. <laughs> and the, in this scene here where Clark is... Uh, oh, yeah, this is what I was talking about. Yeah, where he, he's given the gift to Brian Doyle Murray, and you notice that all the other gifts that everyone else has given their boss. It's the exact same gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's uh, a desk set with like a pencil holder or a pen holder and something else, uh, like a tape dispenser. Well, and he's got such that typical like power boss sitting at a huge long right. table in a conference room with, you know, three yeah. phones. Get me somebody well, on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Get me somebody else while I'm waiting for that person on the phone. Like, well, that's what's weird about this is it. 
it looks like it's his office, but it, it's obviously a conference room. Yeah, they, but they get rid of the chairs to make it just look like it's a desk Yeah, for him. yeah. I mean, it, it, it works. You know, I get it. Mother, how many pygmies died to make that desk? <laughs> <laughs> Only about seven. Yeah. But, yeah, and apparently, like, Clark, he gets closer and closer to snapping with his boss because at first, when he sees the parade of guys in the office behind his boss... He's trying to be nice, but he's like, oh, Merry Christmas. And none of them are acknowledging him. Oh, Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Like, and he's just sort of mumbling it. Happy not going Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't go overboard, but oh, and this is a great movie too, or moment too with the sled. See, I actually think this is the one scene I would cut out of the movie. It, it doesn't really move it, the story it, it forward. It doesn't fit. It's not funny. And it has the weirdest line in the whole movie. And it always stands out whenever Clark goes down. And this is the scene where, where Clark uh, goes sledding and he puts the... Well, you know, it, this is a chemical that he came up with at right. work that makes the sled yeah. go faster. So it does fit that way. Yeah, but whenever he goes off and he has the whole thing, it, it cuts back to uh, Randy Quaid. And Randy Quaid goes, bingo. bingo. And it's just the worst line. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit anywhere. Well, maybe that's because in before he sleds down the hill, Eddie's like, oh, yeah, I used to have this metal plate in my head that I got in the VA, but then they switched it out for a plastic one, and I'm not going to go flying down a hill because if, if I mess up this plate, my hair's just not going to look right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got that, but maybe that's what... That's the ending of Eddie's argument. He sees that Chevy Chase almost dies going down the hill, and he goes, see, bingo. That's what I was trying to tell you. That's how I always took it. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. It just might it, be a bit of a stretch. I, I, I almost feel like they, they pointed the camera at Randy Quaid and they said, okay, say this. Okay, say this. Okay, say it. And, like and they just, just use which one And then they best. just went through and whichever one they went. Yeah, that's the best one. Just yeah. put that line it, in there. It, for me, this, this scene and then the one where he's buying, he's in the department store are the two that don't fit. They don't, you don't really need either one. I mean, you well, don't see, need either of, one of them. They're, that, there's no... There's nothing tied to the rest of the movie with it. Yeah, it doesn't move scenes. the story forward. It doesn't push the narrative in any way. But but that kind of ties back to what we were saying, Jason, is that it's Chevy Chase being Chevy Chase yeah. in different scenarios and they, they still made a cohesive movie out of it. But yeah, yeah, these two that those two scenes I agree with you, Dad. They well and you at least caught him in it wouldn't At least the department store one was funny. Yeah. You know, this And then one it ties it, back yeah. later to when he's fantasizing about the girl swimming in the pool that he's gonna build. Yeah, so yeah. It, it I don't know. And every time I watch this movie for about three days later I've got that song stuck in my head. Melekali. Yeah. yeah. I mean just yeah. for I'll, and I guarantee you for the next three days I'm gonna be singing that song. See the song that's been in my head ever since I watched this movie for the podcast is the one in the beginning and end. Uh, hip hip hooray it's Christmas vacation yeah, that's that, my favorite one that's an interesting thing to bring up is that the intro to this movie is an animated sequence that has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the movie mm -hmm. nothing at all nope. other than the fact that at one point you see the word Griswold yep on, and, the, on the check yeah. on, the, on the list yeah. yeah and that's it and it, it doesn't have that it doesn't have Holiday Road um, okay. Anywhere in the movie, which is sad. It does have Here Comes Santa Claus when the SWAT team is breaking into the yeah, Griswold house. But I mean, Holiday Road is, uh, is ooh, I love the scale model of the uh, swimming pool. <laughs> With its little spring, yeah. its little uh, diving board attached that, to it. That's the next thing I'm, I'm learning how to do is how to make fake water like that. 
Okay, that's, 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 there'll be plenty of pictures, and I, I I'll make sure to talk about it endlessly on on another episode. Because, Dad, in case you haven't looked around our studio, it's filled with scale yeah. models, yeah. Uh, which is Jason's big hobby. Yes, and you can find him on Instagram at the Bad Modeler. Don't you, don't you mean little hobby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I got one. There you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't balance it out with a rim shot. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, there's Chandler Bing's boss again, same coworker who, and you know they have to bring it back to this. Oh, hey buddy, did you get your check in the mail yet? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, my kid said that they couriered something over to my house earlier today, so hopefully, that's my Christmas bonus. Nothing like waiting till the last minute. And of course. People didn't have cell phones back then, so his buddy didn't just text him as soon as he got to the house and go, you won't believe this. It was a jar, uh, uh, what was it, Jelly of the Month Club? Yeah, they get a Jelly yeah. of the Month Club subscription for a year. That's a really big pool that he wants to put in there. Well, and the model doesn't look that big, and no. maybe I just don't understand the scaling of it, but when, yeah, when he's fantasizing about the pool and he sees <laughs> the whole family, it's like an Olympic-sized well, pool. Well, and also, it's funny that somebody spent the money on that model, because it's just a square pool with a diving board, and it's like, did did I need a model? No. I can kind of imagine what that's going to look <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it's just a square. You know? Just make sure to dig it, you <laughs> know? Uh, yeah, this is, this is, this whole dream. I love the idea that Clark's dream sequence and his daydream sequence get hijacked by cousin Eddie. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's got to poison the well somehow. But he fixes it. Yeah. yeah. He fixes it. The yeah. department store lady shows back up yes. and almost shows up naked. And what's know? great about it is that whenever she shows up and it cuts to Clark's face, Chevy Chase looks surprised. <laughs> yep. It's like. It's your daydream. It's your you fantasy. Just, you just were surprised. Like it's, it's brilliant. And it's just yeah, him imagining the the hot girl swimming in his pool. But then that once again that also gets hijacked toward the end by cousin Eddie's kid, Ruby. Ruby Sue. Ruby Sue. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, she's just got this little country accent that's utterly inexplicable. <laughs> just yeah, there, well, there ain't going to be no Santa Claus. And it's like okay, did they make Santa. her? D- yeah, because I was like Eddie doesn't really talk like that, and neither does his wife. But she's. She's this poor little Oliver Twist character who yeah. Santa Claus isn't going to come and see her. She's supposed to be poor, and in the 80s, if you were poor white trash, they always made you Southern. Oh. Always. Even though they live in... Is that like how they, all the Italians were evil in 80s movies? Yeah. They were like mafia bosses and yeah. stuff. And, you know, and... That they, stereotype. They, they live in um, Nevada. Nevada. Just yeah. outside of Las Vegas. Yeah. So, well, I guess people in Nevada have accents. I thought, oh, who, oh, Eddie lives in Nevada. Eddie, oh, okay. Eddie, I was like, yeah. I thought Eddie and Catherine in and the God. kids. Yeah. Well, they live in a trailer right now, and home is wherever the trailer is. Yeah. Well, actually, and, I'm trying to think though, because in, in the first movie, they when they go and they visit Catherine in the first movie, I'm trying to remember where they were in that one. It doesn't matter, but she just has the no, inexplicable. The, this is this is going to bug this you. Is the Griswold it? cinematic universe. We have <laughs> you to gotta, know. Got to keep it cohesive. If if you leave Chicago, go into. Wally World, you'd go through. Yeah, you would go through. Yeah, it'd be one yeah. way. So yeah, I think I it's love it. that you know that. Yeah. yeah, and then in Vegas vacation, they certainly live just outside of yeah. Vegas. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't remember Vegas vacation that well. Christmas Ve- vacation Vegas is vacation. the one I remember the best. I I, I absolutely love Vegas yeah. vacation. I love every moment of, of that movie. I have to rewatch <laughs> Especially it. Mr. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> I love Mr. Papa Giorgio. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, getting to the movie again, it's a, it's those highs and lows because Clark is being kind of you know, borderline inappropriate with his fantasy of the lady in his family pool. 
And then he has this wholesome moment with Ruby Sue where, you know, she thinks that Santa's forgotten about her. And he's like, no, I've actually seen Santa. He comes to Mm -hmm. our house every year. And he he basically promises the kid, you know, you can expect something on Christmas. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, she says, too, they didn't get presents last year either. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is genuinely sad it the movie does have these little moments where you just you tear up in the attic scene with the Mm -hmm. old with the old family films then you're like oh these poor children it does Mm -hmm. have a few moments despite the fact that it's a comedy where well and it it always gives clark the opportunity to remind you that he's a good guy yeah well and that's what it's there it's engineered toward that yeah I mean, it's part of his character. Again, we root for Clark Griswold. We want Clark to succeed. Oh, yeah. You know, in the end, we want him to have his Christmas. Yeah, he's our Jimmy Stewart. He's the hero of the yeah. Christmas story. We want him We want him to be happy and uh, with his family and get his dreams, like, for sure. Yeah. And he does, more or less. It's, I mean, it, it's one of those valuable lessons where it's like, stop expecting your life to look exactly like the image in your head. And be thankful for what you have. Because he brings it back to that toward the end after yeah. everything. Almost his entire house is destroyed. Yeah. because Their the, beautiful house is completely ruined. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, first of all, Aunt Bethany, who the reason why I thought she had passed away more recently, it was uh, something I had seen in my notes. Uh, it's just because this was the last movie she ever made. That's somehow that correlated in my head, even though this movie was made quite a while, though, yep. quite Betty, a while ago. Betty Boop. Betty Boop and um, Olive Oil. Yeah. Oh, she was olive oil? Uh-huh. She oh, was olive oil from Popeye. But uh, she's she's one of the funniest characters in the entire movie, in my opinion, because first of all, they she and Uncle Lewis don't have a lot of money, so she wraps up a jello mold mm-hmm. and her pet cat to give away for Christmas <laughs> gifts. And uh, the cat, unfortunately, meets his demise when he's chewing on the Christmas lights and then gets electrocuted because he pulls the lights out of the socket, but then somebody plugs them back in and the cat like explodes essentially yeah. into the carpet and destroys the chair that it was under. Yeah. Lots of animal antics, especially with uh, the Rottweiler. What does he say? He's just yakking on a bone. Yeah, yakking He's, on a bone. Well, don't feed him from the table, Eddie. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He's probably just nosing through the trash. <laughs> so the dog is like ripping trash bags open and spilling stuff everywhere. The cat melts into the carpet and then there's a squirrel. Yeah. Because Uncle Lewis does burn down the Christmas tree, and so Clark goes completely <laughs> nuts and chops or like saws down the neighbor's tree, for further desecrating their property and their house because the tree crashes through their dining room window, and then there's a squirrel in there that everybody is utterly terrified of. And don't forget about him fixing the banister too. Oh yeah, fix the <laughs> fix the new old post. <laughs> yeah, and that is that 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 sort of. This movie does have one of the most just everything wraps up nicely at the end endings where and they're nice just like and where it's like um yeah all of this stuff happened but he's fine he's not going to go to jail he's fine I'm well, just I'm not going to press charges well because and he does get that that cake topper moment where he says you know what this this season isn't really about uh, bonuses or presents or any like it's it's about the spirit of Christmas and that's you know that's the yeah. lesson of the movie yeah which is easy to say once you've gotten your bonus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to say that. Once you stuff. know that check yeah. isn't going to bounce, yeah, that's yeah. a big relief. And that is, you know, I mean, I, I like the fact that the movie isn't, you know, it's not preachy. It, it has the it's message. It's wholesome to without it. being yeah, but it, overly, yeah. yeah, overly preachy. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Because in a weird way, I mean, you know, a lot of people can identify with Griswolds. You know, I mean, you know, Clark's a hardworking guy, wakes up every morning, does the rat race thing, mm-hmm. you know, wants his 
Christmas to be nice and just everything he tries blows up in his face. It is a lot more relatable than say like it's a wonderful life because that's that's yeah. very Christmas carol where well, you, you know it's 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 an yeah. existential you know ghost of Christmas future and well, past and what my life would be like if I wasn't in it like Well look at um, another movie that we did Jingle All the Way. I mean mm-hmm. you can't I, there's no no, that movie's I, not relatable at you're all. Not related you're not going to wind up in a parade yeah. with, with a turbo pack that you're a jet pack. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like, yeah, okay, well, I can see forgetting to buy your kid the toy, but then everything else from the, you know. But no. that movie's really more geared toward children, whereas you can, yeah. you yeah. still appreciate the Griswolds as you become an adult. Oh, yeah, more so, I think. Absolutely. You know, especially the more family Christmases you have, because that's the thing. The movie does a good job of reminding you that Old Christmases were absolutely wonderful and at the same time so horrible that you had to drink to get through them. But they were both, at the, but they somehow they were both, But you know? But people lean toward catharsis and happiness. They're not, they're typically not going to carry the bad memories with them. They want to remember the good stuff. Well, oh, a very wise man once said, the thing about nostalgia is that nobody's nostalgic for anything bad. Right. No. You know, and that's, that's the beauty uh, of it. Nostalgia is you look back, polish off all the stuff that wasn't good and there you go. Kind of like Clark watching the video in the attic. You know, if something bad ha- starts to happen, you cut you cut off the video until it's over, and then you pick it back up. So you only you right. know, all your memories are of the good stuff. Yeah, right. You're not trying to preserve anything bad. But mm-hmm. um, speaking of which, apparently the squirrel that was in this movie, it actually the one that was supposed to be in this movie, they had a trained one that was running around the house. Uh, speaking of the stuff that you don't want to remember, the studio tried to cut out where the cat died because they thought that was too dark. Uh, but then the squirrel that was trained for the movie died the day before they were supposed to shoot. So oh, they just man. had to get a different squirrel for it. No, but no animals were harmed in the making of this film, Hindsider. So that's a relief. I wonder if it was murder. <laughs> <laughs> the cat murdered the squirrel. Someone wanted that squirrel gone. <laughs> it knew too much. Its training was too powerful. But yeah, so I mean, speaking of which, we we've kind of covered the vast majority of the movie. It, it is a yeah. very long movie, <laughs> and it goes over our recording time. So all that to be said, because it's it's almost what two hours long. Yeah, just about. I mean, we, we I mean we've been almost an hour in, and we're just getting to Bethany. Yeah, and, Bethany and, and Lewis and showing Lewis, up. Yeah, and God bless her. I, you do love Bethany. Oh, she's great. Because <laughs> Lewis they, is too. Oh Lewis, yeah, Lewis is great too. Well, because Bethany, they ask her to say the blessing, and she ends up, you know, leading the pled- pledge of allegiance yeah. over the turkey, and then, and, and then starts singing the Star Spangled Banner yeah. when when the sewer blows up. Yeah. Which that's the the ultimate uh, full circle story is because Eddie is pumping uh, his chemical toilet from the trailer into the storm sewer, and Clark alludes to that in the beginning. He's like, "Oh, looking at a crisp, clear morning and the sight of an idiot filling." Asshole. Well, yeah, so, I wasn't gonna go there. But uh, the sight of that idiot pumping his chemical toilet into my storm sewer, and I pity the guy who lights a match 10 feet away from it, and guess who does it? Yeah. But Uncle Lewis with yeah. his stogies, which sends the the poor abused Santa Claus up into the air, and it just looks like a little rocket. And the kids are like, look, it's Santa Claus, it's Santa Claus. And Clark goes, no, it's the spirit of Christmas. And that's, yeah. But Lewis gets blown across the front yard and luckily somehow doesn't die in the well, explosion because yeah. it's a lampoon movie, so... Although, you know, it's not a movie, in two of the movies, elderly people did die. I'm trying to recall. What in the first movie, uh, Ellen's aunt died. Okay. Because they had her <laughs> strapped to the top of the car. The oh, I don't remember this. I need to rewatch these. And then, these. Uh, what's his name? Abe Vigoda? 
in the Vegas vacation, he he pretends to die or he 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 because they have the whole thing at the end where they're they're out of money and they, they Abe Vigoda wins and mm-hmm. he gives the money to them by pretending to die. But then it's sort of like maybe he really did die. I'll say I really don't remember this. You I need gotta, to watch Vegas Vacation. Yeah, I do, evidently. Do. But, um, and we we do come full circle too with the boss because Chevy Chase does get his bonus thanks to Eddie kidnapping Brian Doyle Murray and wrapping him in a nice little Christmas bow and bringing yeah. him to Clark, which leads to one of the most famous scenes where Clark, or actually this is before, where Clark is just like, you hear every bad curse word because he's insulting his boss. And apparently that took a lot of planning because uh, Chevy Chase had the crew sort of around him with all these different cue cards because uh, he was still, I think, kind of ad-libbing it. But they had to give him something to work off of because that's a really long speech and it's a lot of random insults. Yeah, and it, it is very interesting that they, they do sort of a... Uh, um, the way that Cousin Eddie goes off and does the... Um, the heist, not heist, the kidnapping yeah. of Brian Doyle Murray. It's um, it's sort of like when Thomas Beckett was was assassinated because you have the king just saying, you know, would no one rid me of this turbulent priest? And you have idiots who just go, hey, he wants us to go kill this guy. <laughs> and so they just go and do it. And then the king's like, whoa, I didn't. Oh, God, you know. That's not what I was going yeah. for. But... So, you know, Clark Griswold just basically says, you know, oh, you know, you know, it's all that asshole's fault. It and is. And then Cousin Eddie just says, oh, okay, well, I'll go fix this. Yeah, and he, it's a very Amelia Bedelia moment where, uh, I, Dad, these are books from when I was a kid, where Amelia Bedelia was a maid who took everything too literally. So or the lady of the house would say, hey, go dust the living room. And so she'd fling dust all over the place. And that's Eddie. He just takes everything so literally and it goes exactly to the moment what Clark says. He's like, oh, yeah, I got him wrapped in a bow and everything. <laughs> so Well, remember, Clark does say of Eddie, you know, his his heart is a lot bigger than his brain. Yes. <laughs> And to which, to which he said, thank you, because he thought it was a compliment. That means a lot to me, Clark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I was wrong about the cue cards. It wasn't even ad-libbed. They just actually had to have the cue cards up so he could do the long-winded insult all at once. That's yeah. what it was. He didn't make that part up, evidently, which surprises me since well, he there, ad-libbed there, through most of the yeah, movie. Yeah, there, there are limits even to Chevy Chase. Don't tell me that. Yeah. You're you're crushing my dream. Oh, and the poor dried-out turkey. But... um. So, yeah, like, what other points do we need to talk about in this movie that were super classic? Because I think we've touched on most of them. I mean, that's really, as far as the movie itself goes, you know, it's it's not a movie that you can really judge based on how good of a movie it is. It, it is, it is no, transcended. No, it's not that kind of a movie. Yeah, it's transcended that into this Christmas institution that I guarantee you I've seen it every year at Christmas for... Ever? Tw- <laughs> 20 years? Probably. Yeah, it's a long-standing yeah. tradition for most all of us. Yeah. Yep. The only time we even, because we used to watch this movie every Christmas Eve, and then my dad would go Clark Griswold again and read The Night Before Christmas. Mm, and Every Christmas Eve. That's what I'm nostalgic about. But the only time we stopped watching the movie is when we grew up and got our own houses and stuff, So and started making different plans. But mm-hmm. Christmas has morphed a little bit. But uh, so to that end, Dad, did we ask you to do the Alf to Seinfeld scale the last time you were here? Do you remember that? No. Okay. I do not remember. So the way that scale works, and for any of you listeners who might not be aware, is uh, we really look at movies and how they flip in our perspective from when we first saw them. For me, it'll probably flip more than it does for either of you because I would have been very little when I first saw this movie, whereas you guys might have been a little older. But the way that it works is Alf is the very worst on the scale. He's the zero. 
because you watch him when you're a little kid and you think he's the funniest thing ever and he's so goofy and you love his antics. Then you grow up and realize that Alf is kind of garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas Seinfeld, the way I felt about it when I was a kid, I was like, what are these boring adults talking about? They're talking about how they don't like people talking to them at the bank and it seems so boring. But then when you grow up, you're like, oh my gosh, that's one of the most clever shows I've ever seen. So it's all about how your your perspective flips as a kid. So for you, um, if this movie has a perfect score, it's actually going to stay dead in the middle, like if it hasn't changed at all. So where would you put it on that kind of a scale? Or do you want to think about it a minute? And Jason and I can do our rankings first. No, I, 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 don't, I don't need to think about it. I think it. the first time I saw it, I thought it was just a, it was a very good comedy. But every time I see it, it goes up a little bit in my, um, in my ranking because it, it's just, it is a clever movie. It is all about, all about that old fashioned Christmas that we all want. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we're by ourselves, we won't see that old fashioned Christmas. So every time I see this movie, I enjoy it a little bit more. So, okay. um, it was, um, so if that's you know, a zero to 10 from Alf to Seinfeld, where, whereabouts would it stay on the scale for you? Oh, round. See, it's not that easy. No, it's is not. it? It's not. <laughs> no, I, I would, I would have to give it a seven because, wow, because that's the same as you gave Die Hard. Yeah. Well, because it, it, it's better and it, every time I watch it, it gets a little more special. So it's, it's not a huge improvement. Okay. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I didn't care for it. Now I love it. So it's a nine. I always liked it, but right. it's every year, the more, you know, especially, you know, having a kid and, you know, it, it, it you see yourself becoming a little bit more like Clark Griswold every year. <laughs> and then eventually Uncle Lewis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you live long enough. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So it's a steady in, in improvement. So I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. I'll give it a seven for the same reason. And there's the reason behind that is because when I was a kid or for a long time, when I was a kid, we did watch this movie every single year and it took me a while to get to an age where I started understanding the bits and the jokes a little bit more. So it stayed level for me at a five in this nostalgic part of my brain. So it had a perfect five for a long time. But now that I'm older and I get all of the jokes, even the ones that I probably shouldn't have been allowed to watch as a kid, it actually improves it for me and makes Clark more relatable. Like you said, Jason, because when I was a kid, I was just like, Oh, he's such a good dad and lights and he's funny and he's falling off the roof. But now I'm like, Oh wow. He's actually trying to make this a wholesome, happy event for his family. So that just improves it for me. So I'll also give it a seven. Okay. So that's two sevens. It is. So what's your score, dad? Uh, I'm going to have to go an eight because that, so that's, I mean, cause it's really, it's, you know, I always think about movies as if I was on a de- de- desert island and I could only watch a couple of movies, which one would it be? And this would be one of them. Wow, it really? Gets, it just gets better every time, you know. Okay. Scenes like uh, Clark in the attic, it just gets better every time you watch it. I yeah, know that is a good I we talked about moment. that earlier. You know, and, and you know, the, the good guy wins. You know, yeah. his perseverance yep. wins out. And uh, at the end of the show, everybody's happy and everybody, you know, just loves Christmas. So, okay. yeah. Then uh, the only other thing we do need to discuss is the ranking of the Christmas movies that we've discussed for this Christmas season. So we've got five movies that you can vote between. And this one you can take a little thought if you want to. Jason and I have been going back and forth lately, too. So your choices are, uh, first, A Christmas Story. Secondly is Die Hard. 
I don't I don't even think I need to mention this one to you, uh, but the Jim Carrey Grinch. Cause <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that, that. we can leave that one out. <laughs> um, Christmas Vacation and uh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, which once again I know doesn't even register on my dad's radar. So I guess it would be a Christmas Story, Die Hard, or Christmas Vacation for you out of those five. Well, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and so so. The Christmas story, I, I would, I would put it a close second, but uh, Christmas Vacation by far the best of those movies. Okay, yeah. all right, Jason. Moment of truth for you and me, because I know Die Hard was up there, and we yeah. were sort of debating between that and Christmas Story. So, what are you gonna? I, I with I, those five, I, I think you're still on the same three, like my dad. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I voted Die Hard twice, and then I voted Christmas you, Story. I think you once. voted Die Hard. Uh, when we did Die Hard, you and Adam Brown voted Die Hard. Yeah. But then we watched, uh, we had watched Christmas Story, and when we did Jingle All the Way, you started to yeah, waffle. Yeah, I, 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 so, I, think, I think I switched back, actually. I yeah, think you switched I, back yeah, to Christmas yeah. Story during Jingle All the Way. Um, You know, and now that you put this in the mix, it's it's really, really tough. Um, And I was thinking about it, and I'm, I'm going to sort of take my own personal opinions out of it, in, in, in as much as to say... I'm not going to judge it based on what I enjoyed the most, uh-huh. but what is the best Christmas movie? Right. And if I do that, Christmas Story. Okay. I, I've got to. I've got to. I've got to give it to a Christmas Story. It is just that two-fisted <laughs> American Christmas. It's, Despite the fact that it's Canadian. Well, you I'm know, kidding. No, yeah. I know. Um, it, it, it's definitely tough. But uh, I got to give it to a Christmas story. Now, see, I'm actually going to have to land on a tie for best Christmas movie between Christmas story and Christmas vacation. Because like you said, I thought about Die Hard and I, as much as I do enjoy that movie and it's fantastic, I don't watch it for nostalgia's sake. I don't watch it because I want it to feel like Christmas in my house. That's not why I watch Die Hard. Despite the fact that I do agree with you, it's, yeah. there's enough Christmas in it to make it a Christmas movie. Well, one thing I thought of is that the thing with Die Hard and Christmas Vacation is I could watch those movies in April and love them. And okay. I have. Whereas Christmas many Story times. is just specifically it, Christmas the Christmas story, movie. Okay. I don't think I could watch a Christmas story in April or June and enjoy it. You know, like it is like this movie. I, I've watched this movie. You know, I mean, there have been times when I've watched all four of the vacation movies in a row and. I didn't do that at Christmas. Well, in the same string of thought, I, I don't think I could really watch Christmas Vacation in July because for me, I grew up with it being a Christmas Eve movie yeah. in our household. So that's where I've got to give. And part of the reason why Christmas Story places for me is because with both movies, actually, I got such a different perspective watching it as an adult than I did as a kid because they were both kind of silly movies where it, people get into antics and stuff, but then you really see the wholesomeness behind it and the fact that the grown-ups are doing their best for their children. So for me, I think they both kind of tie for the quintessential Christmas movie for the for the ones that we've done on the podcast. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Well, on that note, I suppose we should we should pause a bit and say thank you. To our wonderful listeners. Yes, it has been a very exciting year, Hindsiders. We could not have done it without you. And we appreciate your rapidly growing and continued yeah. support. It's blown us away, and we are so appreciative. 
especially during this holiday season. Absolutely. And a very big shout out to all of our guest hosts. Absolutely. We will be having another gathering for all of you, uh, especially for those of you who missed the first one. So we can't wait to see you all again soon. Um, and I have to say thank you very much to my dad for thank reappearing you, in the studio. You. We didn't chase him off the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising how many people decided to do this more than once. I know. That's, that blew me away. <laughs> I thought we'd trap them once and then never see them again. I mean, I hate doing this. I don't know why they want to do it. Because <laughs> especially with our two biggest contenders for appearances, because that is going to be the official contest starting in 2020 hindsiders adam brown versus katie by by the way i'm kind of surprised you haven't said anything about that i didn't see it until we started recording and they can't see what we're talking about so we'll talk about it in a second but yes adam brown and katie are in official heat for appearances on hindsight is horrifying who will come out on top of that competition we will find out in 2020 really glad adam's not here to make a joke about the phrasing of Anyway. Well, you're, it's a wholesome movie episode. Yeah, Stop it. Yeah. So anyway, Dad, thank you for coming on the show. We've appreciated you being here. You, thank, thank y'all you for having much. me. I appreciate y'all having me back as well. I'm kind of surprised y'all had me back, so uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I want to say congratulations on a great first year. Uh, you know, this is the podcast is it's, it's really cool. It really is. And uh, um, I'm glad y'all are going to do it at, you know, at least another year. I Oh, like we've got big plans for our me show. back, you know, since I've kind of gotten this thing for John Hughes movies. So, you know, maybe we'll just <laughs> we make noticed. it a trifecta um, maybe in 2020. Sounds Love like a plan. Love to come back. But again, thank you all and uh, congratulations on well, a great first you. year. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Hindsighters, as always, you can find us on our social mediums at Hindsight Horror on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Hindsight is Horrifying on Instagram. We have a phone number. It's on our Facebook page. Find it and call us if you want to wish us a merry holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays happy to you Kwanzaa, and yours. Kwanzaa Bot and all that stuff. Everything. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. So. And, and as always, thank you very much for spending your daytime, your nighttime, your drive time, or whatever time with us as we have gone down this holiday road together. And until next year, this is Hindsight and Good Night.